Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through a man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all of the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another gospel at all. There are, however, some who are trying to disturb you by perverting the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven would preach any gospel other than the one we preach to you, a curse on him. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches to you any gospel other than the one you received, a curse on him. Am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to gain the approval of people, I would not be a servant of Christ. But I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation from Jesus Christ. Certainly you have heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God to an extraordinary degree and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my own people, because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. However, God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, so that I would preach him among the Gentiles. At that time, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, and I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and then I returned again to Damascus. Next, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to meet Cephas and stayed with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now about the things I am writing to you, look, I assure you in the presence of God that I am not lying. Then I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I was still personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They heard only. The one who was once persecuting us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy, and they are praising God for what happened to me. This is the word of our God. Paul's letter to the Galatians, probably the first letter um, after he gets back from his first missionary journey, and our setting, as we understand it, um, the best guess that we have for it, is that Paul went on his first missionary journey, which is basically kind of a fish hook shape up into central Turkey, and then he kind of rewound that way back to back to Antioch in Syria. You can check out the show notes for a little map, and after he gets back. He's there at his home congregation, and then he hears word that somebody else has gone to those congregations that he has just visited, just evangelized, just set up, and somebody has gone to those congregations and said, well, if you really want to be a Christian, what you have to do is follow the Old Testament ceremonial law. And this is, you know, rather early in the Christian church, Um, I think around maybe in the, the 50s already, uh, mid 50s, maybe the late 50s, and And there's this tension between what 
do the Gentiles have to do? And what of these ceremonies that they're not obligated to do, but they are free to do, what should they do? Two different questions. And those Gentile churches that Paul had evangelized um, are being led astray and deluded into thinking that they had to follow certain rules and regulations in order to be Christians. Obviously, they were being led astray by a false teacher. And that leads us to the central question of the book of Galatians. What does freedom in Christ look like? And what does, what does living in the gospel freedom look like? And those two questions are tied to one another, that if we are truly set free in Christ, it means that Jesus has done it all. But if, if we have not been set free and we still have to do something in order to be a Christian, then we are not truly free then it is not really a gospel at all. And that is what Paul is going to be dealing with here. The question of what does freedom in Christ look like must be connected to what do I have to do to be forgiven? Because that is that is really the central question. If a Christian or if a person has to do something, such as follow the Old Testament ceremonial law or the question at hand here in Galatians, that they have to, at the very least, circumcise their men um, or follow some of the Old Testament ceremonial law. If that is what somebody has to do in order to be a Christian, then the message and the truth that they would be affirming would be that they have to follow these things in order to be forgiven in order to have the forgiveness of sins. And that is patently false because forgiveness is free of charge, right? By grace through faith. And that's the message that Paul really has to deal with here with the Galatians as he, um, as he writes to them. Basically, he gets back to where he started and he hears that they are being led astray. And you get the impression that he writes the book of Galatians like all in one sitting in a cold sweat because he is worried that these churches will be led astray. And so when he writes to them, he writes very strongly. He begins by defending his ministry. Verse 1, um, you recognize this, this format, especially in verse 1, that if you are unrolling a scroll where you and I would sign a letter at the bottom, they sign the letter at the top so they know who is writing and to whom it is addressed. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through a man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and also all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. And what we have here is Paul saying very strongly from the very beginning that his ministry and his message come from God, come from direct revelation by Jesus Christ. And that is part and parcel of, of what he preaches of his message, that if his message actually comes from God, then that must, message must be trustworthy. And so he says, uh, verse four, the reminder, Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And then he launches right into, right into the question um, of verse verse 6 and 7 and really verse 8. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to, in the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is not really a gospel at all. They are perverting the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven would preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, so we say again, if anyone preaches to you any gospel other than the one you have received, a curse on him. 
And then Paul spends the rest of the chapter giving a little bit of his personal history, reminding them that, yes, first and foremost, Jesus gave him this gospel, and therefore, this gospel message is trustworthy. But when we talk about this gospel, it really gets down to that that very basic question. First of all, what is the gospel? And then second of all, what is necessary for this gospel? The gospel is at its core, a message. It is not a set of principles. It is not a set of activities. It is not even something that you can live. The gospel is a message. That message is righteousness has been conferred upon you or attributed to you purely for the sake of Jesus Christ. And that faith in that gospel message has been created within you by the Holy Spirit through his word or through his sacrament. So, that first basic truth that this is a message that is external to us and communicated to us through that word. And then the obvious result of that is that we cannot live that gospel, that that gospel must be heard and that that gospel must be preached. But at its core, the gospel is a message that says this is done It has no obligation for saying this is what you must do. It simply says everything has been done. And that is what Paul really sticks with. And that's kind of where we're going to wrap things up today. As Paul defends his apostolic ministry, the the three stages of it that we see here in chapter 1 and in chapter 2 is that, first of all, Paul says that his, the origin of this message is from God, that is g- given to him directly by Jesus, that secondly, the authority of his message was recognized in its truth and recognized by the apostles at Jerusalem, and that thirdly, the message of this gospel is independent even against such a powerful person in the early church as the Apostle Peter, also known as Cephas here. And so what do we learn from this? Aside from the fact that the gospel is this message, and secondly, that this gospel confers a message that everything has been done, that the righteousness of Jesus has been credited to you. Thirdly, we recognize that what we do is connected with what we believe. Um, Pastorally, we call this, we refer to this in the shorthand, doctrine and practice. But the simple way of thinking of it is that we put our belief into practice, that we practice our doctrine. And the message that we confess by what we do is part and parcel of the message that we confess in what we say. I like to refer to this as our confession of talk and confession of walk, that our confession of talk is what we believe, and our confession of walk is how we practice what we believe. And so as you go about your day, consider your own confession of walk. What can you do to demonstrate, to um, to say <laughs> in what you do that you have been set free in Christ? How can you live in freedom in Christ? Or on the other hand, are you still dealing with guilt and wondering about, wondering about forgiveness? The bottom line is that Jesus has done it all and that Jesus must do it all because if he did anything less than all, then Jesus has not done any of it. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow when we get into chapter two and a specific question in chapter two. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. God bless your day.